Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of iZombie Radio. It's the premiere episode. Season Woo-hoo. 3 is finally here. Um, so this will be our first episode where we get to cover new material. Um, very exciting. Um, I am one of your hosts, Blaze Hopkins, and as always, I am here with two fine gentlemen, my amazing co-hosts, Chris King and Snarky Sean. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, doing well, Blaze. You know, it's uh, it's good to have the show back. Um, it's just uh, just exciting to finally, like you said, dig into new stuff, and uh, it's always good to be talking anything iZombie related with you two. Yes, sir. It's a very exciting time, but uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm like pretty hyped right now. It's it's good. It feels good to have the show back, and uh, I'm I'm really happy and just like pumped to dive into everything. But uh, Sean, how are you, Mister? Uh, as we were just ta- briefly talking about, Mister WonderCon, back in action. <laughs> I'm still exhausted from that weekend. It was a very exhausting weekend. But so good. It started off basically me sitting in a line. I made line tweet a thing for a couple hours. And I uh, the premiere on Friday. So this was my second time viewing it. And it's good enough to watch at least two times. Very if nice. not more. Yeah, I definitely agree. I would, uh, I would happily watch uh, multiple times. But that's also, awesome. it was really fun live tweeting last night too. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, very cool. We're glad to have you back. Glad you have enough energy to pump this out. Um, and <laughs> I am doing well. Also, I am. Uh, Nobody cares, boys. I know, but, you know, I want to believe they care. I want to believe they care. Um, I'm doing well also. I'm uh, in a good mood. I've had an eventful morning so far and uh, ready to get a lot done today. So with that, let's uh, dive into our couple of uh, news topic tidbits. Um, The first piece of news, I guess... Uh, briefly, is that uh, before the premiere this past week, uh, a couple days ago, they uh, released a couple of short, quick interview clips. Um, they featured uh, most of the cast. Uh, Robert Buckley had one, uh, Rose, Malcolm, David, and Ali. Um, all of them kind of just touching on being asked a question or kind of touching on a topic. Um, relating to the upcoming season, um, a lot of them have really good information. They're really quick. Uh, we're not going to fully discuss them um, because a lot of the content was featured in the premiere episode, and we'll go end up going over that anyway. Um, but especially uh, Robert Buckley and uh, Malcolm's, uh, theirs in, their interviews included a little bit more, uh, a little bit of. Uh, insight into kind of future episodes um for robert it was a lot of new content related to the teenage girl brain um but again you know we'll we'll be jumping into all of that down the line um go check them out they're a lot of fun and if you haven't watched the premiere um or if you have i mean again it just gives you more to kind of dissect more to think about and uh and see where the cast's heads are at 
relate relating to their characters and sort of uh, what they're what, what they're expecting out of this season. Um, but more importantly, uh, this news I know a bunch of people will be interested in this news. Um, an article came out, Chris. I don't know. Chris was the one who uh, enlightened us with this, whether it was this morning or. It uh it came out um it came out yesterday and uh so, literally right after yeah the was, premiere okay. for you guys yeah it was uh, it was a post mortem uh, with Rob Thomas on Entertainment Weekly ah uh, okay well basically um Rob Thomas shed light onto a plot point that uh, I know a decent amount of people sort of still wonder about and that is uh, Lib's family and essentially. Rob Thomas came out and just fully acknowledged and admitted that uh, they are not going to be returning to that plot line. Um, there's just, I think he said, what, there's not enough room to kind of fit it in amongst everything else that they want to cover, um, whether it be season three or going forward. Um, personally, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, it definitely, you know, it definitely was left pretty open-ended and everything, and I know with uh, sort of what might be coming up this season, there's a chance that for reconciliation or the idea of um, essentially, you know, zombies being outed and sort of resurrecting Liv's family and her connection to them, but um, it doesn't really bother me. Uh, I guess, how do you guys feel? Sean, what do you feel? What do you think about this news? Um, I'm totally okay with it. I mean, my own personal headcanon is after her brother healed up, they all moved to Tacoma. Like, it's far away from Seattle as possible. Yeah. It, uh, still okay. staying within Washington. Mm-hmm. So, like, Tacoma or where else. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, you gotta, you gotta brush it's up not really necessary. Yeah, I got to brush up on my Washington. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> Break out the old roadmaps. I don't want to right now. <laughs> and uh, and Chris, what are your thoughts? Anything uh, anything else? Um, I mean, I think I'm a little more bummed about it than you guys. I totally understand where Rob Thomas and the writers are coming from. And, I mean, if we do have to sacrifice something, I'm, I'm glad it's that. Uh, however... Again, kind of what you mentioned, Blaze, I with now the possibility of more people discovering the truth about zombies, you know, and the the impending uh, D-Day, the Discovery Day coming, even if it's a small bit and maybe if it's not this season, but but next season, because I'm working under the uh, under the assumption that iZombie will be back for season four, um, I would like to see some type of. Uh, kind of confrontation or reconciliation between them, but only once, like, again, it's more commonly known about zombies. I mean, I don't think we need more of, um, of, of Liv lying to them, you know, for their own good and stuff, because as we see with, as we saw with last night's premiere, having no secrets really benefits the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, if it comes, you know, if if the show takes that turn and, you know, we all, fi- you know, and more people figure out about zombies, I-, I would like to see them follow up on it at some point down the line. Is it necessary for season three, though? No, not at all. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Like, that's, you know, if they if they decided to touch on it, um, I would agree. I think it'd be more fitting 
once it was all fully kind of out in the open and everything. And, um, but yeah, I, again, I'm in kind of the camp with what Sean said. Like, it just feels unnecessary at this point. Um, even though the show is obviously about Liv, um, it has grown into being uh, about this group and about Team Z and everything. So for me, um, you know, I, I don't... I could have gone with or without it. It, it didn't uh, doesn't really have an impact on my feelings. But uh, but with that, it is time. Hold on, Bruce Buffer voice. It's time. <laughs> Sorry, I've been. I don't know why all week with like WrestleMania and everything, I've just had Bruce Buffer it. in my head and like trying, like, you know, that uh. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm just I, amazed I, I found a way to use it at this point. I, I admire it. I, but, wasn't uh, I wasn't expecting it, but I admire the effort. I, I also, I mean, I also with the schmodown. Yeah, 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 yeah. True, but, true, uh, true, true. I've had a lot of announcing in my life this week. <laughs> but with that, um, we'll jump in. We'll jump into the season three premiere. Um, it's about time. So. Uh, last night's episode, season three, episode one, um, title, uh, heaven just, what heaven, uh, heaven just got a little bit smoother. Yes. Is that correct? All right. I did that for memory. Comes from the, uh, the, the quote in the episode when they're talking about the, the the great late. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Rest in peace. I love that. I love their immediate. Uh, I love that out of all the fallout and everything to happen, with uh, like the Max Rager incident and whatnot, that they immediately address uh, the fallen, <laughs> the fallen uh, rock star, and that is the. Just thinking back to like how we we you know spent time speculating on like what could that mean, like who could that be in relation to, and no, it's because uh, the iZombie Zombie world lost Rob. Thomas. <laughs> Such a shame, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's why the show is so great, because for as serious of topics as they can deliver, uh, they never lose their sense of humor. But, uh, Chris, do you want to kick us off? I know between your written review and your love for the show, um, you, you had a kind of long list of things you wanted to talk about, so... <laughs> Yeah, quick shameless plug. My uh, my premiere review is is live at tvovermind.com. You can find the link on my Twitter. No, Chris, uh, that, Chris, we do this at the end of the show. Hey, man, I'm just I'm <laughs> just getting it I'm just getting it out of the way now. It may come back around at the end of the show too. But no, uh, in all seriousness, yeah, I uh, very very happy with this episode. I think I said in my review, it came. Uh, I mean, the show's been gone for almost a year. Uh, but it came out confident, ambitious, really kind of pushing like new, you know, new territory for, for what iZombie can explore. I mean, it kind of almost immediately threw us into this whole idea of the impending zombie human war. Um, and I thought that was really different, but really cool. And just like a really exciting direction for the show to, to, uh, head in and i just think too i i what i like one of the main things i took away from this episode probably the biggest thing is just how damn good of a decision it 
uh, it it was and has been to um, to let uh, to finally let Clive in on the zombie secret because man, just in this episode alone, the how it streamlines the story. You know, because there's no mm-hmm. secrets being held from. But even more importantly, the emotional implications, especially with him and Liv. Yeah. Uh, the scene in the car when she starts to break down about Drake. You know, then he takes her out. We don't see it, but he takes her out to get her super drunk and listen to all her problems. And then the scene right after when he takes her back to the morgue and you know he tells her, hey, you know, hey, Liv, like I'm alive because of what you did. So. Just try to remember that the next time you beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just great stuff. And I uh, I don't know. I was really, really happy with where, you know, with where they're taking the season from a story and plot standpoint, but also how they're kind of changing up the character dynamics. It's keeping the show fresh while still maintaining that, you know, kind of main zombie DNA. And, uh, yeah, I'm really... I'm really, really excited uh, to see where the rest of the season goes. This was a hell of a premiere. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I thought, I mean, that was a main point for me as well with Clive and uh, and kind of getting to dive more into how he's going to adjust to this world because um, exactly, like one, they reiterate just how strong of a bond and friendship he has with Liv and sort of the, the interactions between them. Um, but also, I, I really loved that. I loved the immediate inclusion of uh, of Wally and just adding that additional mm-hmm. emotional connection for his character because, you know, he starts out the episode and we have the fun little scene at the beginning where, you know, he's like, oh, well, what if I'm the human that had the chance to speak up? And, you know, they uh, Robbie makes the fun joke of like, well, at least you'd be seen as a hero because it would be if the zombies won. And... Uh, but, you know, he sort of, and even at Fillmore Graves, he sort of has this uh, this defensive stance as a human and sort of being on the border. And, he, you know, right now he's sort of one foot in the circle, one foot out, where he's still learning about all of this. And, uh, and it's very emotional because not only is he personally connected to two zombies in, in Live and Major already, but then he finds out kind of just how much larger this is mm-hmm. than him um, when he sees Wally and like all of a sudden this, you know, this connection to a family he knows and cares about and not only that, but a child. And, um, and that immediately kind of, you see in his facial expression when he gives uh, Wally a hug and everything at Fillmore Graves, um, the instant flip kind of in his, uh, in his mentality and uh, approach to all of this. So I, I think that, Clive is going to be a real focal point for this season, and I think they're. I, I'm like really pumped to see where they go with things because I feel like his story is going to be like really interesting and really heavy and uh, and juicy. It's it's definitely the one I'm definitely most excited to uh, to see. How do you feel about uh, about Clive, Sean? I really like that he got a little bit more. Like we got a little bit more into who he is as a person. Yeah especially with everything going on and like he definitely like has people he cares about other than you know once dale left it seemed like he became the slightly uncaring robot again mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> well exactly we i definitely agree with you like we've always seen co- uh clive as a cop you know and we've always seen him kind of professional and a little bit cocky like 
and this really, I think, I think we're going to see him just so humanized in this season. Yeah, especially with what happens later in the episode with this family. Mm-hmm. It really gives more humanity to Clive, which is weird to say because he's the human of the dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but cops are trained to be sort of a, like emotionally away from these things. But this directly affects him. Mm-hmm. So... It's a little heartbreaking, and in my live tweets, I'll get, we'll get to that later, but it, kid zombies, really? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty, I mean, that was like a really great insight, and I think that that was the other They're going to be stuck as kids forever. Well, yeah, and, well, do we know that? I guess, have I, they I, established that? Uh, I, I was going to say they haven't. So. That, like, rule or whatever, or I guess part of their iZombie um, limits? Well, okay. Like I'm sort of, I'm sort of going off of what happens when a kid becomes a vampire in all these other vampire shows. They don't age. It looks like the zombies won't age either. But granted, zombies have only been around for a little over two years at this point. Yeah, that's that's what I'm sure. I, I wonder if we're gonna get any kind of clarification about that. Um, so. But... It's, just a little headcanon of mine for yeah, the time being. No, yeah, I definitely knew exactly where like where you were coming from, but I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. But I think the, that's also like what... Uh, the last thing I'll add real quick, sorry, the no, only reason I, I think they would age too is because we're dealing with something that's scientific in iZombie, mm-hmm. like it's a it's a virus kind of thing Yeah. versus, versus like with, zomb- with, with vampires and even with zombies and other lore, it's, uh, it's, it's magical. And supernatural. This is kind of more sci-fi than. Yeah, than that's that. definitely a good but, point. But sorry, continue. <laughs> no, but I was going to say. I mean, that's though. I think what else is going to be awesome about this season is, uh, I loved how immediately, uh, just how much insight they gave us into Fillmore Graves. And, For sure. And I'm really curious to see sort of where it goes because obviously. Um, where last season left off and everything, the immediate assumption is that they were going to be kind of cut and dry, the the villain, or at least the antagonistic presence in the show, and uh, in in that we expected them to kind of, like, stir the pot with this possible, um, like, reveal of zombies, and that, you know, Seattle's going to be the capital. But in the premiere, I mean, I, like, Vivian, I loved her in the finale of last season, but I thought last night was just incredible. It was her character continues to be so much fun, and it was just awesome to get to see into the company and see things like just her stance on everything. Because all of a sudden, at least for me, last night flipped in thinking of them as sort of being uh, this aggressive company and this having this aggressive stance on just uh, it's it's very defensive. Like she does, you know, come across right now as having that very. Uh, motherly presence like she cares about everybody and and now everybody is zombies and she's a zombie so she is going to do everything to protect them and uh yeah and i would also say too like one of the things that impressed me most last night was the humanity they were able to bring mm-hmm. to to vivian and just the course of a couple scenes so we you know you guys have already talked about we had the wally scene and we kind of see her 
you know, that she's nurturing these, you know, these zombies from, you know, some of them are younger, some of them are older, but she's creating this community. She's even creating zombie island. Yeah, exa that, exactly. That's what I wanted to go into. Like, the fact that that was, like, the big thing for me was that it wasn't kind of, you know, it, it sort of changed from, like, yes, she, you know, the, the Seattle zombie capital line keeps coming up and everything. But, yeah, it was sort of like this, hey, we can house everybody. We're just going to do our own thing. We want to be acknowledged and, you know, but we're going to keep to ourselves. Yeah. And I, I, one thing also I wanted to add just about Vivian was, too, we find out about, you know, her husband and, you know, that she, you know, used his his hand to scratch her scratch herself when, you know, he was asleep because she couldn't live without him. And then mm -hmm. we, we find out that he was, you know murdered by Blaine, even though it's not said to be it Blaine. It has to be. It 100% has to be. The $250,000 of brain sort of, 20, or 25000 yes. Yeah. Sorry. Expensive okay. brains. And just knowing, They're still more expensive. And so it sounds just, like him. Ex no, 100%. And exactly, because we already know that as soon as, like, as soon as Blaine became a zombie, that, yeah, he, what did he do? He found ways to extort it and basically force profit into his pockets he scratched natalie uh the prostitute basically because he knew that he needed you know that was a market yeah. to be tapped i can be this i can make a zombie prostitute it'll be the only one i'll have a cornered market here you know um i can sell brains at a ridiculous upcharge because as of right now i'll be the only supplier um, it is such a Blaine move, and because we know he is smart enough, and we have seen him target like um, wealthy, higher-profile people in this world already. I also think it's just the type of like kind of vengeful, vindictive thing that at least old Blaine would have done, you know? Yeah, that, oh, exactly. You, you don't need my brains anymore. Well, screw you. Like, like, or you're getting them from somewhere else. Like, he probably tortured him mm -hmm. to find out who the other supplier was and then killed him. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, or, you know, he never came home, right? So maybe there is that possibility hanging out there that he's somehow alive. I doubt it, but you never know. We've seen that trope so many times on so many different shows. The, well, he never came back or he's been missing for whatever. And then the character reappears. Um, I Unless there's a body, they're not necessarily dead. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I and even at that point, if there's a body, they still might not be dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I personally think he's dead, but still, there is that outside possibility as well. But, uh, but yeah, I think that just that whole scene, right? Like, Liv even in that moment sees her in such a different way because up to this point, Liv's seen her as, you know, this is the woman that came in in the season two finale shot up a bunch of zombies and then was sitting there picking at Rob Thomas's brain covered in blood and just like, and she's kind of been so calculated and cold. And finally she sees this more vulnerable side to her. And I think it's really then. And when she sees her kind of, you know, with the kids and everything, the lift starts to even really think like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't a terrible idea. Maybe these people aren't so bad. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, after everything that happens with Wally, we see her go there at the end of the episode, and she seems pretty damn friendly with uh, with Vivian there. 
Well, and even um, and even if she's walking out when she sees Major, um, even that, I feel like even like, it was kind of tough. I, I'd want to go back and look at it again, but um, but even when she sees Major, it almost looks like she's borderline about to crack a smile. I think it's a more of a split, you know, kind of like a like you said, Chris. I think she's almost sort of one. She's obviously dealing with uh, the fallout of coming off the Janko brain and dealing with Drake. But yeah, I think it's sort of this. She all of a sudden sees these uh, like comfort spots and this like acceptance here, and then oh, who's that? Oh my God, Major is already here. Like I don't know. I didn't see it as like a as a like a smile. Possibly, I I kind of saw it as a like, it's almost like like holy crap, like this this is kind of almost like this recognition of, wow, this is this is really happening, like this, like you know, uh, I I don't know, I mean it was it was definitely an interesting facial expression that we can kind of read into how, however we want to, um, but. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure kind of what. I don't think she was like. I don't know if she was happy to see Major there. Yeah, and that's why I said I wanted to go back because it seemed like a very mixed emotion face. But it to me, it didn't seem immediately or like overly negative. Here, I pulled it up and I'm going <laughs> to send it your guys' way. But because I knew the iZombie writers Twitter had tweeted it out last night. It looks more just like complete surprise. At least okay. To me, but yeah, but I, yeah, I'm not, yeah. We don't need to like it's, break. Yeah, I think it's okay. Can, yeah. It's but, more uh, of a, oh, you're here too. Okay, yeah. that's a thing. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's also like, it's also too. I think it's just kind of like, um, again, like. You know, they they had kind of gotten the full spiel about the mercenaries and how they're drinking Supermax. And I think it's also like, you know, Liv kind of might be thinking, too, like, Major, you just got out of this lifestyle and now you're kind of going back into it. And I mean, it makes sense because we see, you know, the the type of judgment and, you know, he, he faces for being associated with the chaos killer. Um, and so this is kind of really the only place he can fit in. Mm-hmm. But I think think with Liv, it's just kind of like, whoa, we're going back to that type of, you know, like, and also the kind of thought process of, you know, Liv is still kind of somewhat not neutral, neutral-esque, you know, she hasn't really fully aligned. And to see Major kind of, you know, f- fully a part of Fillmore Graves now, it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, now I know where you stand, sort of. At yeah, least in that, that. Yeah, no, definitely. At least in that moment. Obviously, I think it's much more complex than that. But you know, they didn't have the conversation right there about it. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you. And I mean, I think that's, and I think like re-looking at that facial expression and everything, um, I think that pretty much is going to sum up the like live going into this season and everything, and not kind of knowing. It's almost like a whirlwind right now. I feel like also after looking at that picture. Um, sort of like you just said, Chris, it's just like, oh, okay, like, so this is where Major stands, and, like, after we sort of had that, I feel like also it's like after they sort of had that talk of, like, no more secrets, like, blah, 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 even though he obviously doesn't really keep it from anybody, um, it sort of is an immediate jump for his character to be aligned with them and and with that influence by them and everything. 
Um, so it'll be interesting. I think that I'm just excited to see sort of uh, how everything with Fillmore Graves plays out and whether we can actually trust them or not. I mean, do you – I want to pose the question, like, do you think that Vivian could secretly be evil enough to have had – Wally yep. and his family killed um, yep. in order to get Clive and live in her pocket? 100%. <laughs> I was going to bring this up if nobody else did. So, well, yeah. because also, yeah. I mean, like, the most glaring, to me, the most glaring, um, like, point towards this is that if we look at the show, right, and, like, even last season, like, the company, they, they obviously have fun with these company names and, like, Max Rager, like, Vaughn was all about, like, taking things to the extreme and creating this formula. Fillmore Graves, that, you know, that's pretty cut and dry about, uh, about what might happen or what the company might truly be about. Um, well, is, I... Do, do, are there true intentions to, they plan on filling more graves with humans... <laughs> Well, to, to me, too, it's like my first thought was like I understand in the in the, the deaths, you know, when at the crime scene for Wally and his family, you know, not a lot of blood. You know, they're saying that they're zombies and, you know, headshots. They're saying that they were zombies. But to me, it, it, it looked militaristic. Yeah, it's how it looked to me. It looked like a trained killer went in there and took them out. Mm-hmm. And I almost can see, you know. I can totally see Vivian and, and Fillmore Graves being, you know, tapped into what's going on so that when Billy, the security guard, goes on, you know, Chuck Bird's radio show and is talking about this stuff and then you have people calling in saying, oh, my next door neighbors are zombies. I can totally see them if they're as cold and as calculating, uh, calculated as we initially thought, right, from the season two finale. I could totally see them being like, OK, this is our window to then like exploit this kind of fear and paranoia and, and to kind of to paint the humans, these other humans as the enemy, use them as the, as the scapegoat. And like you said, please get live and Clive onto our side. Um, I can totally see it happening. And I, I think, I think in a lot of ways it makes the most sense. Um, but I also, again, with everything we were just saying about Vivian and her being more sympathetic, I'm not a hundred percent buying into the theory yet, but it, that's what's that's what's really fascinating, right? Is that this whole season there's not really a big bad necessarily, but it's just this like complex moral dilemma of what do you do? Who's on the right side? Where do my allegiances lie? And that's what's really driving all the action this season. At least it looks to be. And to tie back to the to the uh, Wally's and Wally and family incident. It also could have been one of those, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists because some of them are pretty militarized. So it's like I'm 50-50 on both sides. Like it could be Fillmore Graves or it could be just some guy who just happens to have, you know, all this military training and Mm -hmm. like Uh, based off of Vivian. Yeah, it's definitely again. I think that's what that's why it's such a good, strong way to end the episode, right? Because we, you know, we um, we don't know. And I really would have to go back and rewatch and kind of examine how she 
reacts to the news again, um, you know, and how she breaks it to the to the class and everything. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a... well. My thing also that you mentioned, sort of when she finds out, not how, but again when she it's again going back to her facial expression when she sees Liv return. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it it is sort of this. It's like this calm, maniacal. Like she, she clearly isn't showing too much. It's, it seems so calculated of a facial expression. It seems like, you know, she clearly is, uh, is slyly happy, as if like I knew that this would get her to come back, or you know, or like yeah. okay, this played out exactly how I thought and wanted it to. Yeah, like she, like she, as if she was, you know, she was expecting Liv to return as yeah. soon as it happened. Because the yeah. other thing is, like, her character is so focused on big picture. Like, I have no doubts that she cares about all those kids and truly does care about everybody, you know, in Fillmore Graves and everybody that's in her quote like family. But I also think that she is the type of person who would be able to be like you know is to the point in her life and where she stands on everything of like you know if this benefits the greater good and if this can basically get a human cop in our pocket and get this get live on our side and just basically like add to our numbers um definitely and i think but they lost three to gain one zombie and maybe a human well, theoretically, you gain Major, well, you gain major. Clive, you gain Liv, and with that, you'll then have uh, them explaining balanced. the benefits to Ravi and Peyton. Who, but again, it, I think it just comes in the strength of their positions, like Peyton. And obviously, like, because w- the other thing I'm talking about is, like, Vivian last season knew who Liv was already. She knew, you know, yep. her name and everything. And so how deep does this go like does she you know for all we know she knows that Liv is best friends with the what assistant district attorney is that Peyton's title well and but even even yeah, yeah. And right that, no that is the, that is the case but even too just having someone on the inside like a Clive right like no, exactly you know? like she knows that Liv has these couple of connections that could go a long way and and then yeah and then I mean they have exactly they have a you know a cop working for them potentially, or at least working in their interest. That's, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's really interesting. Um, and the other thing for me is like returning to again, the idea that, um, that Blaine poss you know, was the one to kill, uh, her husband, Harrison, is that again, it would be, to me, it would be such a fit, as much as I love David Anders and Blaine on the show, I think it would be a big step forward for, for the show to show, uh, like, if, if she is the one who theoretically would, like, kill him off, you know, or get her revenge on him. Um, I think it would also just show how far iZombie has come and evolved, like, since season one and since Blaine sort of started all of this and ran with it, you know? No, definitely. And I think it would, you know, again, as much as I love David Anders and as much as I love, uh, you know, just the character of Blaine, it would kind of be fitting that his comeuppance happens in that way. I mean, after everything he's done, I'm really curious to see what they do with him this season 
especially with, you know, with everything involving Peyton, too, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. But, like, if they give him a type of redemption arc this year, you know, and he truly does have amnesia and he truly is trying to be a better man. And then the tragedy strikes that he still has to pay for the sins he committed in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, That's I mean, we already can already see that with, you know, Donnie and his dad working together, too. Right. Like, you know, no matter how much Blaine wants to forget about his past or, you know, more more so than the actual amnesia, no matter how much he wants to put it behind him, it's always going to he's always going to be tethered to it. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, do you agree? What do you think? Do you think Blaine might be, uh, like, you think he might be on a downward uh, spiral because of everything in his past? Like, to me, it just feels like full, full, so full circle. Yeah, even though he doesn't remember what he's done, he's going to have to pay for it. Because. This version of Blaine, as much as I loved villain Blaine, this is like a nice breath of fresh air. And he seems genuinely wanted help at this point. (coughs) Not for his own personal interest, but because he's now genuinely like a nice guy, if he isn't faking. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to get into. So do you, Sean, do you think he is faking or not? If he is faking, like, he should get, like, an Emmy. Like, just blame the character <laughs> an Emmy for how great not, his acting's been. Uh, not not an not, Oscar, though, yeah, because yeah. as Donnie says, he's only TV good. He's only TV good. He's only TV good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why I said Emmy. <laughs> but it's... If he is faking it, it would be probably one of the greatest cons he's pulled but at the same time seeing his genuine like oh i did that like the actual confusion and like how upset he was that he had committed all that stuff seemed very genuine yeah i'm like so back and forth on it i mean I feel like it would be. I just feel like it would be such a elaborate scheme of his to be going to these lengths. I guess to. But I, I, like I've mentioned in the past, I don't know. Blaine is a survivor until the end. So. True. Chris. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of on the fence about it too. If I had to choose, um, I would say it's real, just because. I can't see the, I don't know. I can't see the eye zombie writers wanting to pull that type of con on their audience. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're being asked to invest in this version, this new version of Blaine, I think to then pull the rug out from underneath the saw would be kind of cheap in some ways. Um, but I, I don't but know. I mean, like in the episode last night, it was like we see his him. His immediate like snap into form when Donnie calls him out, you know, and oh, he basically, oh, oh. and then we see him again, seemingly like knowing what he's doing with the brains in the basement and everything, and 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 then he hides it as if he is, you know, he hides it because it 
it looks like he's doing the same thing. Well, and I mean, and even when he says to like Donnie, he's like, yes, I know. Like kind of like I was a bad guy or whatever. Like I've heard it. Like, yeah, he kind of does. But I don't know if that's just him also kind of being like, I'm over it. I mean, because there's still like, there still is, he still is the same Blaine. Again, like we've had this conversation before when discussing season two, like that nature versus nurture thing. I mean, he's still got the same soul, not to get too like spiritual mm-hmm. or weird about it. He, you know, he just doesn't. Yeah, he's so set, I, like his, he's set in his ways almost like he his innate. Yeah. Yeah. And I have I have to believe that even if he didn't have the upbringing that he had or even that he didn't, you know, you know, didn't 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 get like didn't become a zombie i still have to believe that he'd find himself in these type of criminal type situations you know i just it just feels like who he is um and and yeah so i'm i don't know it's one of those things too where i feel like if they reveal that he's been faking it like four episodes in or something like that that, then I'd be happy, but then it also goes against what Ravi's doing right now, right? Which is him trying to like, he's trying to figure out how to reverse memory loss, and it's kind of just like, well, exactly. Again, and that's my thing. Also, I'm curious. Like, the only reason I could see it being a big con is because it, he of how much attention Blaine would know would be on him if the cure just did work perfectly. Um, True, and and it would also make sense in a way, right? Where it's like now it's less complicated. But then, like yeah, he would become he... a he would become a lab rat, and he would always be in the police station. Basically, his worst enemy. True, but then it's but then here's the thing, right? If it does work, and there are no big effects like that, then what's going to stop Liv from wanting to take it? And then we don't have a show. Well, no, no, I get that. I get that. I'm just saying and for Blaine's character, for Blaine's character specifically. No, 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 for like, sure, for sure. I just, I, I, that's why I think he would go through the con. I get it. What you're saying, like essentially, there's not a good, there's no good end to that, to if that does get revealed and everything. Because, because that's what has me even wondering, right? Because like Major's living on borrowed time right now. Yeah. So like. When, but what, push comes, when push comes to shove, what's going to happen there? I well, wonder. what if that's their plan? What if they honestly are just going to go back and forth with this all season, and then Blaine ends up getting killed off, and we ne- and then they leave it up to us? They leave oh, an, would, an ambiguous ending. No, nah, <laughs> that would piss that would piss me off. <laughs> of not knowing if he was truly cured or not. Yeah, or just not knowing if he, yeah if he had amnesia or not. That would yeah. That, Oh, to not get, they already left the family out of it. Now they're not going to answer. Not, not going to follow up on Blaine. Tie up all those loose ends, I zombie. Come on. No, that, that's a good point though. I, I had never really uh, kind of gotten that far, or taken that into consideration. That it would sort of just how how do you kind of end that and not? Yeah, because I know Ravi only has what like seventeen vitals. Am I right, yep. guys? Yeah, seventeen. Okay. So, but still, you would have to think that Liv gets preferential treatment. <laughs> like, and I know, also it's... think it's a fun idea of diving, kind of transitioning and diving into Ravi's storyline. Also, the what if on, what if he does, think if he not only, uh, think if Ravi didn't find out how to fully cure, like, the zombie uh, virus, 
but he finds out how to restore the memory loss and now he sits there kind of with this uh this in this tough spot of he can basically like restore Blaine to being evil and almost like in a way possibly sabotage like what happened with Peyton and that his possible redemption I, I don't know that could be a, just an interesting spin off of if again the cure doesn't necessarily work but he finds only uh that he is able to cure that aspect no for sure for sure it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds uh throughout the season but but yeah man i don't know ravi's Ravi's, I guess, going to bury himself in his work because he sure as hell isn't answering the phone for Peyton because he's an idiot. Um, I remember what it was like to be in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And now she's playing cards with some other dude. (laughs) Can we just take take a moment to appreciate, by the way, uh, Raul's uh, tweet the other day where it's like, Ravi and the guy Peyton told him not to worry about. <laughs> that was like the funniest side by side photo. That was oh my god, it was so that was so funny. But uh, well, then I also made the comparison of playing cards to getting coffee from, from Luke, Luke Cage. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, God, just. Oh man, I don't want to talk about Luke Cage. I did not like Luke Cage all that much. Uh, also, there there was a line at, near the end of Luke Cage when he said something along the lines of like Claire being like, "You're like that special Colombian blend," and I was just like, "Oh my God, writers, what are you doing?" I just that anyway. But let's not diverge into <laughs> yeah. Luke Cage. I, I was just, just making the simple comparison between the two innuendos. I know. <laughs> I uh, know. Like I said, Sean, you're bringing up bad memories, though. Bad flashbacks to the second half of Luke Cage. Ugh, but, uh... Moving along. But, yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen. I get why Robbie's upset. Like, he just kind of got, like, slapped in the face with this, like, revelation about Peyton and Blaine. Yeah, it's, like, he the still... worst... It's, like, literally the worst character, too. Like, from oh, his... Yeah, yeah. Per- from everybody's perspective, so... Oh, I'll... A hundred percent, yeah. And, like, he continually gets reminded of it. Like, and, Yeah, it's, he he literally says, like, why did it have to be Blaine? Yeah, it's it's like a whipping post in the beginning, yeah. right? It's like, like, Kavanaugh says it, then Clyde that, brings it up, that was, then Major oh, brings it up. Actually, I was just like, sorry, that was, because you mentioned Kavanaugh, that was actually one of my favorite lines I made a note of from the show, when he's like, when uh, Robbie's like, unreciprocated, she said, you didn't get that down, and he's like, only yeah, only because I can't spell it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that line. That's a good. One. That was a good one. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It's just like it's everybody does it sort of unintentionally, yet he has to take all the pain that comes with it. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, Sean, I'll I'll get your. I, I want to hear what you have to think about this too, but it's just kind of like, again, like I get it, but like you also have to be like, be a good friend to Peyton, man. Like that's the most important thing here. Like, it's not like they were together when she slept with Blaine, you know? And she obviously didn't know who like, what he was at that point. That's why I feel like Robbie's just got to like, 
Get over it, dude. Yeah, I... Actually talk to her. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah, that that's the thing, like... Communication is key. Because cause when she left that... When she left that voicemail, it made me so sad. Because it's like, Peyton still wants Ravi to be the person, you know, in her life. She, he's the person that she seeks for, like, for comfort and help and everything like that. And, uh, it's just... It's really a shame. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Sean, yeah, keep, uh... Keep it rolling. What do you... I mean, like, you know, what, uh... Do you have anything to add to, like, what Chris said? Just that, you know, other than the fact that communication is key in every relationship, whether it be friendship or, you know, a romantic relationship, uh, him distancing himself from Peyton is only pushing her closer to this new Blaine. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't see that. Which, or he does, and just at this point has become completely apathetic to everything. Mm -hmm. Except for curing zombieism. Which is fine, that's that's a coping mechanism of, like, you know, being emotional and all that. Like, just head first into your work, or in Liv's case, um, eating a cold, calculated mercenary brain. Um, but yeah, it's just, Ravi needs to step it up if he wants to keep Peyton in his life. Yeah, I agree. I like a hundred percent agree with you on the fact that all he's doing is distancing himself more from her. And like you said, he's just now put only, he's only helping Blaine and he's only like basically destroying himself with his actions because... Because, yeah, it's, you know, I understand uh, definitely why it hurts and that he needs to process it. Because, you know, it, this, going from this, because this pick, where this picks up and everything, you know, it sort of is an insane whirlwind for his character to be, to basically, you know, be a hostage and be, and see Peyton get taken and then have Blaine come to the rescue. And then on top of that, already making him feel, you know, so crappy he just little by little over this like day or a couple days or whatever, eventually does find out that they were together. And, and I think, you know, and from his perspective, yeah, it's like, he's going to hold that against her of like, how can you, how could you have ever been with this terrible human being? Um, but yeah, I mean, to echo again, what, what both you said, like communication is key. Um, there's a line to be drawn. Like they need to talk this out and sort of, he just needs to give her that um, chance to explain herself because right now he it feels like he's sort of acting like a ten year old and and I think to your point, Chris, to see him not pick up that phone call and not listen to that voicemail, that was his chance. He literally had a full in. If he is the one to man up and maturely basically, you know, be there for her and her no matter what has happened, to be there for her in a time of need. Slate is wiped clean. I think that he wins the the battle, you know, and wins Peyton's heart well, right there. Well, and even like, like, listen, this is, uh, this is what's it called, you know, um, this, this is uh, again, like we're talking about it in love triangle form on on TV, right? About who kind of gets the girl, but 
Um, but really, like, we saw so much of season two with Peyton and, and Ravi was sp- spent, like, kind of with them, like, rediscovering their friendship. And, like, that that's the thing. First and foremost, man, it's like, just just be her friend. Like, it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you guys en- end up dating afterwards or not. I mean, that that's that's the thing and it's like you 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 couldn't you know you you weren't necessarily there when she was being held hostage whatever that's that's fine you know what again like you said like step up and, and just and just be there that's that's all she needs and uh, going off of that who do you guys think like what's this whole like her getting twitter like yeah and hate like that's it's never really said who's doing it I think they're just planting a seed for a later episode, for sure. Um, because we don't really get anything more than her calling up Ravi and then her subsequently calling up Blaine, saying, hey, I need you here. Something's going on, and it, I just need someone. And yes. then it sort of ends there. But I'm thinking it's like death threats or something involving the whole Chaos Killer incident. The, yeah. Yeah, that's I, what I was curious about because again, like you said, Sean, they never they just they didn't give us anything else. They didn't give us a peek at what the what she was being harassed about or what the mess like the the tweet said or anything. It was really just that was probably the most unexpected part of the episode for me. Um I, I just it was sort of like out of nowhere and to create again, it just sort of added this unique little side mystery into the season and it'll just be another thing going on because yeah like does it have to do with uh mr boss does it have to do with the chaos killer if she if people know she's you know friends with major or whatever and uh i think it's nice i think for me like i was like okay cool this gives peyton a more unique um and kind of like focused plot line um other than the love triangle, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I don't know, I was like, this, I found it really interesting, actually, because, um, she, you know, aside from Stacy Boss, she's kind of, it, it, it's, she's not really related to anything with the zombies, you know? Yeah, no, for, for sure, and then that was also interesting, too, that, that's a smart move by iZombie to kind of table everything with Mr. Boss by having him go to, uh, was it Montenegro? I believe. Yeah. Yep. Montenegro. Um, yeah. So that's like smart, right? Because now it's like that's an ace up their sleeve if they ever want to bring him back. Mm-hmm. But r- right now, it's you know we know it's a shorter season. It's only thirteen episodes. We know that obviously everything with Fillmore Graves is kind of going to be the center focus. We can we can kind of put Mr. Boss on hold for now. I thought that was really a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, but do you have any theories here, Chris? Um, I mean, I kind of just agree with what you guys say in the way that, um, it's, it's kind of, it's right. It's like a, um, it's, it's either got to have something to do with the chaos killer thing or cause really like what else would get Peyton's name out there? Like besides that or the Mr. Boss case, right? So maybe Mm -hmm. people are are going after her because in their minds, she let Mr. Boss get away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what else it could be. Um, unless it's somehow coming from again, maybe Fillmore Graves because they know that 
yeah, obviously they know about Liv more, so they know that mm-hmm. she's Liv's best friend. That is the only other kind of wild card possibility I could throw out there. Yeah, but... that was that was kind of where I that was going to bring that up too. Like that would be the only thing I could I could assume if if this if Fillmore Graves is really going to be you know this this step up of calculation and yeah maybe that because again they don't really you know Peyton's sort of on the outs outside of being involved in this. Um, so again, maybe that's just a way to push and influence her uh, her mentality and her stance on things. Yeah, quite possibly, definitely. But yeah, I mean that. I think that, and then I think again, we sort of like briefly brought it up, but that, and then uh, Don E uh, teaming up with Blaine's father were probably the two like most interesting and like unique wild cards for me in the episode. Um. Because again, you know, like you said, Chris, the Fillmore Graves is clearly the the focal point of the season, and and possibly the antagonist, you know. But po- they're the sort of the greater um, presence and focus of the season. But uh, I thought that yeah, the Peyton thing, and then also Donnie with Blaine's father was a nice little uh, side plot in a way. Yeah, they're kind of nice, like little wrinkles to the the main story right because we don't know how they're gonna play in just yet. and then i guess I'll... also robbie's old boss oh yeah yeah she showed up center um, for disease control yeah which is again another now that's another threat to exposing zombies right her being the morgue um you said this but... was the max rager incident was three days ago doesn't she look more dead than that yeah yeah exactly yeah well, and, and I feel like and, that. No, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just gonna say too. It's gonna be cool because she'll kind of bring in some of Robbie's history, right? So yeah. like, we we know that she fired him, and so we kind of get a little peek into what Robbie was like before he started working at the uh, at the morgue, which uh, which could be cool. I think. I mean, I don't know if we really need that many more characters at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's kind of a little like she's expendable in my eyes compared to everything else but the the kind of insight she could provide into ravi will be cool and then real quick going back to the the donnie and uh angus blaine's dad uh definitely i think that's going to get tied up in everything with Fillmore graves because it's like he's like oh let's shut up let's set up a competing brain business and then he's just like it's like think bigger essentially why are you thinking so mm-hmm. small so well and that's what i feel like um I'm kind of curious. I feel like this season is honestly going to be just this buildup and whirlwind, like growing whirlwind towards the reveal of zombies because there's so many things that can screw it up. Like we have exactly with all these side plots, like we have Robbie's boss in the morgue now already, you know, in this first episode mentioning, like you guys said, like the looking dead longer than the body was having the piece of brain in her throat. Um, we have the people on the radio, and then you know, what what could screw things up more? Uh, Don E, you know, and Blaine's dad thinking so big and just getting in the way or doing something stupid because this you know this is their first like zombie venture or whatever. Definitely, um, I uh, I think. Uh... Yeah, I think it's just going to be – and I'm really curious to see if what they're planning 
you know, obviously it's going to be for their benefit, but how does it, because you know Angus wants, he wants revenge on Blaine, 100%. Yeah. So how, how's he going to get that, too? Like, what are, what, the, what are they doing that's going to impact Blaine in that way now? Because Blaine's obviously not a zombie anymore, so, like, is he going to try to kill him? Is he going to... I. I feel like it's got to be bigger than that. So I'm really, I'm really curious. It, that left me very, very curious to see what they come up with. Yeah, no, exactly. Because I could even just see them, like, like you said, Angus. That's like, I could just see them getting in the way. Like Angus has this sole focus on, you know, revenge on Blaine. Donnie has this sole focus on at least like uh, eclipsing Blaine in terms of like, you know, the business and everything. And I could just see them. I could just see them getting in the way, and you know, mm-hmm, 100%. And, not, and not really because they're not involved in the bigger picture, and they'll just be that that um, that like nuisance on the side that could screw everything up. For sure. Um, for sure. And I think, at least for me, the last big point that I want to talk about is um, is major. Mm-hmm. Um, one I. <laughs> I think I'm. I this is again a little fun touch, but when how they uh, they dropped the nice little tagline when Major was in the uh, coffee shop and it was like feeling like OJ. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody caught that. I, I saw that. I, I caught all of them. I yeah, loved I was, them. I was gonna say that. I still think that the best one of the episode, and quite possibly my favorite one, iZombie has ever done, is the one to kick open the episode with the 2.8 minutes later. Yeah. That. <laughs> Uh, I, oh my god, I was rolling. I, Z I, briefing? I, I seriously, I missed, I missed half of what Vivian said in that opening scene because I was laughing so hard at the 2.8 minutes later. Um, but yeah, no, with Major, I, I agree. I think it's a really, cause I don't think any of us really thought about being arrested for the Chaos Killer would do to him, you know, when we were talking about it in season two. Like what, like what the kind of consequences of that would be, and I really like that we got to see them explored in this first episode. It's it's a it's a not a very forgiving world. No, and I think that's what'll make, I think that's what's going to make Major's uh, story this year so unique. Is that yeah, exactly. Like from the beginning of the episode to the end, that was sort of the tipping point for him. Is he he really can't exist in right now? He really can't exist in. The general public, the only people that accept him are kind of the zombies at Fillmore Graves and the, the people that truly know his story and what went down and everything. And how will he deal with kind of the fallout of all of that? And like, will he just kind of be pushed towards zombies because of this? Like, that's, you know, that's sort of what it seems like. And uh, and is he just going to get tired of humans and all of this weight on his shoulders for things that he can't really that he can't be truthful about? I mean, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a nice because we were kind of complaining before, right, about the idea of him becoming like a soldier type again. But this is a nice little change mm-hmm. to the story, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Sean, where do you think? How how did you feel about Major? Like, do you what do you think? Where he's gonna go? Where do you think he's going this season? He's pretty much gonna. I'm pretty sure, at least. If they're planning on doing a whole zombie discovery day arc later on in the season, 
he's going to be with Fillmore Grace the entire time. Or up until the point where they introduce the zombie speakeasy. Mm-hmm. And we'll pretty much be seeing him there, Liv's place, his own place, Fillmore Grace, like those four specific places. Because I really don't think that it, it's weird because I kind of, it's sort of similar to weird to like kind of go off topic, but like Jason and the Power Rangers movie, they're both kind of seen as like pariahs, except, you know, major a little bit more because he supposedly killed people when he just sort of shoved them in a freezer for months at a time. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be hard for him to be outside mm-hmm. of the zombie world. And exactly, and, so, and I mean, like Chris, you had brought up, you know, like Major still, as of right now, is kind of like a ticking time bomb towards death. Um, so I, I feel like that's in the back of his mind. Like, how does he want to spend possibly the rest of his days? Does he want to be hated in public, or you know, does he want to f- kind of have a sense of purpose, or and and something, and kind of be a part of something that he can like buy into and believe in? Yeah, for sure. I think he just wants. He just wants people not to not to judge him, you know. I think he just acceptance. Exa- yeah, acceptance, and I think he knows obviously. Like he he can he can do. He's got the he's got the skills for uh, to be a mercenary. You know, we've we've seen we've seen him take out you know zombies and people before. We've you know mm-hmm. he obviously he's in he's in the best shape he could be. He was a personal trainer, like. He's kind of built for this work. He's already taken oh. Supermax and familiar he, with how the formula. Yeah, he, he took Supermax. Yeah, t- turned him into the Flash for a minute there. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think because of how much, I, I think it sets up nicely that because of how much the kind of human world has uh, pushed Major away that he's going to want to embrace them in any way at all when it comes mm-hmm. to choose, choosing a side here. He's he's going to want to say to live, you know, aside from the people we care about, you know, the Paytons and the Ravis and the Clives of the world, like, who who am I trying to, re- who am I trying to help, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it should be really interesting. I mean, I'm much more interested in Major's story after this premiere than I thought I would be reading the episode description. I was also um, really happy with... uh, I really like that he is still concerned uh, about Natalie. Mm -hmm. I agree, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, again, that sort of gives him... And, again, it's related to zombies, but just another person that he connected with and somebody he can care about and, and who, you know she was his turning point, like in Max Rager in a way, like she was the one that sort of gave him a glimmer of hope and that he could save these people. And, uh, so I, I'm at least happy that he, he is trying, you know, he wants to, I, I, I do wonder too, she reappears at all. Uh, if potentially a romance, yeah, could yep. happen. because we already know that Liv's going to get a new love interest. So, um, and I would like that the- major, I think he really deserves one. And they had really good chemistry and a really good connection, even in just that one episode um, in season two. So I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, that's that's pretty much the end of my notes. Uh, feel free if any of you, if either of you have anything else to add or anything I'm not thinking of or skipped over. Um, we talked about Blaine singing, right? I was going to mention that was going to be the only thing I have to mention is more. He more twice. More David Anders. Uh, more David Anders singing, please, because dude, dude can sing. And uh, just singing random songs just for fun. <laughs> no, for sure. Stuff to the radio. Hey, I want that musical episode. I want it. <laughs> so this is if if them having him sing a little more gets us closest closer to that. I'm I'm good with it. Sean, any uh, oh. any additional thoughts? Mm. Give me a second. Uh, when Liv was uh, bringing out all the drinks when they were back in the apartment, it's like whiskey, 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 soda, Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder who that Guinness is for. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You could, you already knew whose whose drinks were, you know, whose everybody's drinks were. You know, Peyton had the glass of wine and everything else. And, uh, yeah, no, that was good. I also just want to quickly say, because we, we brought him up a little bit earlier, I just thought it was a really kind of smart bit of writing to bring Billy the yes. security guard. Yeah, that, because, like, when he showed up, I was just like, oh, my God, how did I not think of that? <laughs> like, that is, that's awesome. Yeah, when he showed I agree. That was the one last it, thing I was going to mention. Yeah, especially because we just watched the finale, like, for last week's podcast. And so... It was still in my mind. Oh right, yeah, he got away because he locked the doors and just bolted. Yeah, and that, and that specific, and now that specifically, how that I also love when Liv and Clive show up, and and you know he clearly knows Clive because he let him in. It's like, wait a second, this dude survived. Like that's that's fishy. Oh well, yeah, and the fact that again he can identify that Clive was there. Yep. And he yes. did so on the on air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, oh, man. Yeah, just a ton of good stuff in this episode. Again, just a really, I know the word game-changing is used, like, a lot, but, like, I really thought this was kind of a game-changing premiere in a way, where it just is, like, I didn't think we were going to get into this war versus the zombies and humans this quickly. No, definitely. Well, we've only got 13 episodes, so we got to get going. Immediately. We don't have that extra six episodes to lollygag. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, But, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, with that, I think that'll pretty much uh, conclude our review and uh, discussion about the season three premiere. Um, Like you said, Chris, I think that is clearly just a game-changing episode. They sort of really came back with a bang. Um, tons to kind of walk away with that's exciting and fun um, and just kind of a big mystery right now. I think that, as always, the show has that perfect balance of um, you know being serious and delivering great writing and solid plot points, but uh, never losing its sense of fun and its humor. And uh, I'm just happy to have it back. And next week we get Teenage Major and yes. Dad Live. So Might be some of the most fun brains we get. 
Yeah. yeah. And I so think and, for now. Yeah, and that's I'm I think everybody's this could be like the highlight brain of the season even if it Well, yeah, right. It's just like just like Zombie Bro last year. Yep. Uh I think this this has a chance. So if you haven't watched that promo yet, it's it's out. That's mm-hmm. It's really really funny. <laughs> yeah, and uh so with that, though, how about we uh, slide right into plugs? <laughs> so, as always, um, you can find, first off, you can find this podcast. Uh, we can we are on Twitter, at iZombieRadio. Um, we are going to, I know uh, last night for this premiere, Sean did the uh, West Coast live tweeting. Um, we are going to be having uh, East and West Coast live tweeting going on Um uh, with all three of us involved, so you know, chime in, kind of interact with us on there. We want to, we love promoting discussion, and we just want to get to interact with as many fans as possible. Um, you can also yeah. go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, and and because I know Sean put this up last night too. Uh, tweet us your feedback, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, if what you thought of an episode, um, you know, we definitely would be down to, you know, to kind of share people's thoughts and opinions um, on the podcast. If you guys have any questions or topics you want us to discuss specifically, we, we want this to be, you know, a podcast for the fans. And so whatever you guys want to see, let us know. Yeah. Be sure to get it to us before the morning of the recording, because we're going to be recording literally the morning after. So don't be like our good old producer, Andy, and uh, post about it while we're recording. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely um, a little late there buddy sorry uh, sorry to call you out too but, uh. but but yeah I mean we want to get to know everybody interact with everybody and just kind of you know touch base with uh, as many iZombie fans as possible and uh, and you know give this show the love it deserves um, 100% but with that you can also find us on Facebook um, iZombie Radio and um as always, our podcast is available on iTunes. Please throw us a rating, throw us a review. Um, you can find us on Stitcher. Um, you know, we're we're trying to post this as many places we can, and uh, and just you know get feedback and get that interaction going. Um, but individually, Sean, where can everybody find you? At Snarky Sean across the internet. I'm the pop culture editor over at the Marvel Report, so I've got some stuff coming up for WonderCon that i got to post about there. And my other podcast, Geekishly Toku Podcast, where I talk about other superheroes and other fantastical shows. Very cool. And Chris, where can they find your written eyes on your reviews? <laughs> well, funny you should ask that, please. No, uh... Yes, yeah, so guys, I'll be reviewing the show weekly for uh, TV Overmind on TVOvermind.com. More often than not, I'll have my reviews up uh, probably about an hour or two hours after the episode uh, ends. Uh, I don't get screen- screeners for it, so I try to watch it live and write my reviews. So uh, be on the lookout for those on every Tuesday night after the episode airs. Um, and I'll be tweeting them out from my Twitter, which you can follow, at Seekinger13. That's where you'll find all my other reviews for shows I'm writing, like Supergirl, uh, New Girl, which just ended, Arrow. So, uh, yeah, check it out, and thank you all for the support, as always. And you can find me on Twitter, at Blaze Hopkins. Um, 
I'm always pumping out my writing for uh, TV Overmind, where uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has come back, so I'll be bi-weekly on that, and uh, as always, The Flash, Supergirl, um, pumping out stuff over there, and I have officially returned to doing comic reviews for the Marvel Report, so those are coming out as well. And uh, Chris and I are starting to officially drop our uh, video Iron Fist reviews for the Marvel Report. So uh, the first two, I think, should be officially published this week. And uh, and we should have uh, the following coming out next week. So look out Woo-hoo! for all of that. Um, again, feel free you know, to interact with any any of us on Twitter individually. The iZombie Radio account... Um, it's just fun to connect with people, and uh, no matter what show it's about, um, or what movie, or anything, it's just fun to talk about this stuff. It's fun to engage with people, and um, and we're always looking for good communication and good conversation here. So, I think that'll pretty much wrap us up for this week. Um, it was a great premiere. We're really excited to be back. It's fun to just talk about. Um, this new content every week and to know that all these new episodes are on the horizon. But uh, from everybody here at iZombie Radio, I'm Blaze Hopkins, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.